You are listening to John DeYard's Life Spa, your premier source for health news in Ayurveda, where modern science meets ancient wisdom. Hi, I'm Dr. John DeYard, and welcome to our podcast on sinus survival. I'm here with my guest, Dr. Rav Ifker, and let me tell you a little bit about him. He's just an amazing physician, doctor. Um, let me just read you his bio real quick here. Dr. Rav Ifker is a holistic family physician, cannabis clinician, health educator, spiritual counselor, author, and healthcare visionary. He, in his current practice here in Boulder, Colorado, fully alive medicine, his primary focus is the treatment and prevention of chronic pain using holistic approaches, including medical marijuana. He has a, a book coming out about medical marijuana. We're going to have, we're going to, he's going to tease us about that. We're, we're actually going to talk about sinus survival, his other best-selling book that we're going to talk about. So I'm going to try to grab a little information from him about medical marijuana and his, his upcoming book. Um, He's been practicing for nearly 45 years. His original practice, the Columbine Medical Center, became the first combined family practice minor emergency center in Colorado, a forerunner for today's urgent care centers. Dr. Ifker is the co-founder and past president of the American Board of Integrative Holistic Medicine and also the past president of the American Holistic Medical Association. So Dr. Ifker has been around natural medicine for a big chunk of his career, one of the leaders in natural medicine. So I'm super excited to have him here. He's the author, like I said, of the best-selling book, Sign of Survival, uh, which we're going to talk about today in detail, which is just a fantastic book. And uh, we're going to sort of try to link some Ayurvedic understanding of sinus survival and sinus care with what Dr. Ifker has, and that should be a fun exchange He's currently working on his new book, which is called Cannabis for Chronic Pain, a proven prescription for using marijuana to relieve your pain and heal your life. That book won't be out uh, in bookstores until next September. Uh, so we get a, a really cool glimpse of what that book is going to be about. So uh, welcome, Dr. Rifker. So great to have you here. Great to be here. Yeah, it's good I, to see you again. Yeah, it's good to see you. He invited me to lecture some of the holistic... Uh, conferences, the medical conferences years ago, and uh, I've just always looked up to him as one of the leaders, and obviously clearly one of the, the leaders of holistic medicine and integrating, you know, natural medicine with Western medicine, which is so, so important. And uh, so it's just great to have you here. Okay, now you've got to tell us a little snippet about your new book, and I have one question to ask you about this, okay? Some of the research that I've read here is that the one demographic that is vulnerable to having issues with marijuana use is you know, adolescents, that it affects IQ levels. But when I read the, the annual report from Colorado, uh, the, the, when legalizing marijuana in, in Colorado, what I read was that the one demographic that increased the use was the adolescent youth. So I was like, gosh, the one, one group that we're supposed to protect, we didn't do. So is that, is that an accurate assessment of what happened? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a problem. Um, adolescents are most vulnerable to um, mental problems with marijuana. And um, it's particularly true of the high THC 
strains of marijuana, the sativa strains. And um, uh, the THC is the psychoactive component. And um, it's not necessarily the most medicinal. So medical marijuana is, is not a problem for people that are using it. Um, first of all, if they're beyond adolescence or early 20s, it's really there, there are no uh, studies that have shown that it's, it's a problem at all. In fact, there's not one fatality that has been attributed to marijuana. Um, and the, my book is, is really focused on treating chronic pain with the uh, marijuana. And it's um, the alternative. And, you know, I've been amazed in the, in the almost six years that I've been seeing patients with chronic pain, most of whom are coming to uh, get a medical marijuana card so that they can legally use it. Um, almost all of them have been on opiates and they're able to get off of the opioids and, and you know that they're, the, the 2014 statistics from the National Center for Health Statistics um, has documented that 52 Americans are dying every day from overdoses of opioids. Wow. 52 a day. So, you know, marijuana doesn't kill anybody, and there really are no bad documented side effects other than the adolescents so really who, are, who are smoking right. high THC products yeah. on a daily basis. Yeah. That's the problem, yeah. and, and it is a problem. And I acknowledge that. So, and it's in the book too. I mean, so I, it really does work for pain. It's oh, it's it's amazing. Because here in Boulder, a lot of people think that it's just you know there's these these uh, marijuana outlets that you can go all over Boulder, and people think that just guys with skateboards and you know mountain bikes driving riding in and getting their so-called pain relief, but you know really it was just a front for getting getting mm. able to use it for. For recreation, not at all. Not I at mean, all. most most of my patients are are between thirty five and and seventy five. Yeah, that um, really works. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's really no, great. it's it's impressive, yeah. um, and it's the combination of cannabidiol CBD, right. which is not psychoactive, but is a, a terrific analgesic, and the THC we're finding that CBD by itself doesn't work as well as if it's combined with some THC. And the closer you get to a one-to-one ratio, the more effective it is as a pain reliever. Um, And, you know, you do get high to some extent, but it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know. But... um, but CBD by, by itself has been used uh, very effectively for these young children with terrible seizure yeah. disorder, yeah. and it, it really works. Yeah. Uh, in fact, many families are moving to Colorado to have access to um, the medical marijuana for their children 
with these senior thousand disorders. people a month, I heard, are moving to Colorado right now. So it's, uh, I don't know if that's the only reason, but... Uh, well, it's, it's really sad because yeah. these, these kids are, are really disabled. Yeah. They're getting 100 to 200 seizures a day. Yeah. And um, it's, um, it, it, it's just, it's tragic is really what it is. And, yeah. you know, and they, they don't have access to it. Um, but now we're finding that CBD from hemp, um, which has no uh, THC at all, or less than 1%, um, works well for seizures. Wow. And it also works well for reducing anxiety. And, um, and CBD from hemp um, is not illegal. I mean, it's sold throughout the country. Wow, that's so, great news. That's great. Yeah, so that's available. It doesn't work as well for pain relief and sleep. And those are two, the top two uses right. of the people in Colorado. Well, this is going to be great. I mean, I think that, you know, I know my listeners are going to love to hear and see the science that you're putting in this book to kind of bring, you know, the recreational use, the medical marijuana, and to really talk about the science. And there's lots of really new science. What you're talking about, I think it's just going to be great. So I don't want to, uh, uh, I know a lot of people are listening and they want to talk about your first book, Sign of Survival. Well, I, I, I'm fine with talking about this. It's funny that, yeah. you know, to bring the two together, um, you know, smoking marijuana is one of the worst things. Smoking anything is one of the worst things for your sinuses. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, don't, I don't recommend, and fortunately, we have many other methods of delivering the marijuana right. other than smoking. That's really interesting. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, in fact, a lot of people who smoke on a daily basis have sinus problems. Really severe sinus problems, yeah. It, it's really the worst thing you can do for your sinuses. Yeah. And here in Colorado, it's so dry that people have a lot of sinus problems anyway because it dries out your sinuses. Mm -hmm. But uh, we definitely look forward to having you back when the book comes out and talk and go way more in-depth about your book, about medical marijuana. That's well, be great. I'd be happy to come back. So... Sinus survival. What talk to me a little bit about what got you into that? What made you write that book? And and tell me a little bit about the premise of how you are taking care of people's sinuses. Well, I I got into it because I had the problem myself. Um, I was getting in in the um, late 1970s, and I had never had a sinus infection. All of a sudden, I was getting more and more sinus infections, and I would take an antibiotic, and uh, they were becoming increasingly less effective. So I, I consulted with my ear, nose, and throat doctor, and uh, he told me, well, he said, I can offer you surgery, but I can't really guarantee that the surgery is going to cure the problem. He said, basically, you're, you're going to have to learn to live with this. I said, you've got to be kidding. I said, this is making my life miserable. 
I was only 33 years old at the time. This was 1980. I said, there's no way in the world I'm going to live with this. Um, I mean, it almost felt like a death sentence. Uh, even though I knew it wouldn't kill me, it was really ruining my quality of life. And um, I had no idea how I was going to cure it, but I was determined that that's what I was going to do. So I, uh, I developed a holistic program, a treatment program. And um, the first thing I did was I changed my diet. And I eliminated, um, I had, uh, I, from the time I was a young kid, I, I was always eating a bowl of ice cream every night. So I stopped the ice cream. I, I was a real skinny kid, and my, my mother used to uh, give me a bowl of ice cream to try and fatten me up. And uh, it never worked. I never gained any weight, but I became addicted to, to ice cream. And um, wow, it made such a great difference in, in my sinuses. Um, so milk and dairy, I discovered right away, um, really were not good, were inflammatory. And sinus, uh, chronic sinusitis is really an inflammation, a chronic inflammation of the mucous membranes lining your nose and sinuses. And the sinus, there are eight sinus cavities, uh, four pairs. Uh, so they're called the paranasal sinuses, and they surround your nose. There are, there are two sinuses here, the, the um, nasal and the maxillary sinuses are the largest, and then there are frontal sinuses, and the sphenoid sinuses are in the back. <clears throat> so when you uh, have an inflamed mucous membrane, you um, you get more mucus, and most of the mucus drains down the back of your throat. And uh, it's not like you have a bad runny nose, and um, and you get congested. It, they swell, so you can't breathe out of your nose very very well. And you can get sinus headaches. It hurts with the inflammation. So. And you get you're irritable, uh, your energy is down. You just feel off all the time. And um, so here, this this doctor is telling me I'm going to have to live with it. I said, no, uh-uh, not 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 me. Um, so I went through this. Um, it was really a trial and error, and. Uh, I went to, um, my wife and I went to Hawaii for the first time in 1981 for nine days. And I thought I'd witnessed a miracle. I had no mucus, no congestion. I didn't use a tissue one time. I thought I was cured. It was, I was thrilled. I got off the plane, came back to Denver, and every symptom came right back. So then I realized that this wonderful air that we had in Denver, it was so badly polluted at that time. Um, it's still polluted, not quite as bad, um, but it's still just as dry. So the combination of dry and polluted air is really murder on your mucous membranes. So I... 
I experimented with nasal spray, saline nasal sprays, and I kept improving all along. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until I worked with a, a spiritual psychotherapist during the year of 1986 that I was able to address the emotional and spiritual factors that heavily contributed to the inflamed mucous membrane. And, um, and since then, and then I was able to cure it. So by 1987, I had cured it. So it took me seven years. And now the sinus survival program that I developed then I've continued to refine over the last 30 years. This, this, not 2017 will be 30 years since I cured it. And, um, I, what I have found is that there's a personality profile of the typical sinus sufferer. Really? They're very self-critical. They're high achievers. They hold themselves to a high standard of performance. And if they don't meet their own standards, it's not, you know, it's not a parent, it's not a boss, it's not a teacher getting on your case. They do it to themselves. It's self-imposed. And that most of them, including myself, were raised by at least one highly critical parent. And they've internalized the critic. And they become their own worst critic. And you need to learn self-forgiveness. Have you tracked a mechanism for understanding how those emotions translate into sinus congestion? We don't know the actual mechanism, but there have been, there's been over 40, almost 50 years of studies in the field of psychoneuroimmunology that have shown how our thoughts and beliefs and especially our emotions can either weaken or strengthen the body's immune system. So if your immune system is, is weakened, you are subject to more inflammation. Right. And the primary emotion associated with um, chronic sinusitis is repressed anger. And generally, it's anger that's self-directed. We're angry at ourselves for making mistakes. Perceived mistakes is a key word, but You know, whenever I, I, you know, and I have seen, you know, thousands of patients yeah, over yeah. these years, and they all, almost everyone has that same repressed anger. And I tell them, when you're pointing a finger of blame at somebody that you're angry at, look and see where the other three fingers are pointed. Yeah. And invariably they're angry with themselves so so and repressed anger and the other secondary a close second is unshed tears 
So sadness. And, and it's interesting there, physiologically and anatomically, the tear glands surround your, your nasal passages, you know, your eyes, and the sinus drainage ducts are two millimeters in diameter. That's the size of a pencil lead, you know, the, yeah. and it's very narrow. So it doesn't take much to close off that drainage duct. And if it closes off, your sinuses get obstructed and the mucus builds up and becomes infected. Now, which, which sinuses have are the two millimeter in diameter? All the sinus ducts. All the ducts are that small. The ducts. Wow. They're the drainage ducts. Wow. But the largest sinuses are in your cheeks, the maxillary okay, I have sinuses. two questions. First of all, a fascinating discovery. But a lot of people think that, you know, you're under a lot of stress, you have a genetic predisposition for X, Y, or Z, arthritis, depression, sinus problems. So people are thinking today it's all genetic. And what you're saying is it's not genetic. It's sort of epigenetic. There's a genetic predisposition. Okay. So that's different, you know. Yeah, you might have a greater tendency if you have a parent who had sinus or allergy problems. And about half of all um, sinus sufferers um, have allergies. Uh, pollen allergy, food allergy. Um, but um, it's not, you know, it's, it's not a foregone conclusion that you're going to develop sinus problems just because, you know, it's in the family. So you have a genetic predisposition, and you have an overbearing parent, and you have this repressed anger. Then that's that. Yeah, that's the, 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 the perfect storm. Up, yeah, perfect right. storm. Yeah, you got all the ingredients. And if you live in a place like like right, Colorado, dry, like, right. like the Front Range of Colorado, polluted, dry, polluted and dry. And you know, it, it's really interesting to see. I've had a number of patients, I've had three or four patients who have lived in both Los Angeles and Denver. And Los Angeles is considered the most polluted city in America. And every one of them, their sinuses were worse in Denver than in L.A. Wow. Because L.A. has better humidity and they have a lot more oxygen. They're at sea level. We've got 17% less oxygen. So you've got, you already have 17% less oxygen in the air, and then you've got obstruction in your, your nose and sinuses, you can't and you're not, you're not taking in as much right. air, so right. you've got that much less oxygen. Right. And oxygen is the most critical nutrient we've got. It's, it's the most important one. So, so you're getting less oxygen to all of your cells. So it's harder to heal. It's harder to reverse. So most sinus infections begin with the common cold. Well, what happens with the cold? You, you get congested and inflamed. Right. And... If you have all these other factors going on, you never completely heal. So you're more vulnerable to subsequent infections. Right. 
You don't heal completely. Right. So there's, there's... And so you get another infection, you know, but it usually starts with a very stressful event. Mm. And when wow. you go back and you look at the details of that stressful event, what was the emotion? What was the specific emotion that you were feeling with that event? This is and so fascinating because first, in a minute, I want you to tell us the strategies of how to cure this and how to deal with sinus survival, which I know you have a whole plan for. But I want to kind of tie this to some Ayurvedic principles. And I've been talking a lot about some of the new research on the glymphatic system that drains three pounds of toxic plaque and chemicals out of your brain every year while you sleep at night and how those lymphatics drain toxins that are sort of washed by the brain through the cerebral spinal fluid, which is sort of like brain lymphatics, sucked up by these lymphatics that run, run along the sagittal sinus. And those sagittal sinus lymphatics, those lymphatics, drain into two lymphatic vessels, the cervical lymph, and they know now that they drain into the lymphs in the nasal, the nasal lymphatics. So, and what's really interesting is they've linked, the sciences link congestion of the lymphatics to anxiety, depression, mood-related concerns, cognitive decline, infection, and inflammation. Mm -hmm. And because if the brain can't drain, <clears throat> sinuses can't drain, everything gets clogged, and you have a res residual, you know, breeding ground for bacterial and viral infections to brew, right? Well, Ayurveda said thousands of years ago that these sagittal sinus lymphatics that are congested are linked to old emotional traumas and congestion in the lymph. And they have techniques like nausea, nasal inhalation of specific medicated oils to clean out these sagittal sinuses, not to clean out your sinuses so much. Mm -hmm. That was like a side effect, side benefit. But the benefit was to clean out the old emotions. And I had no idea this connection, that you had this connection, that now you're saying that your you know, bottom line connection here is old pent up residual emotions. That's exactly what Ayurveda said these brain limps are all about. The science now bears that out after, you know, just recently, last couple of years. And now we're looking, now you're telling us that, and, you know, Rob's been treating sinus conditions forever. I mean, clearly the expert in the country, no doubt about it. And you're sitting here telling me that there's an, a, a very strong emotional component to this. Can you shed any more light on these, on these lymphatics? And I'm the going to, I'm going to go right back to Ayurveda. I'm going to go right to the brow chakra, which is associated with the nose and the sinuses. Well, what's the primary emotion associated with, with this? The mental, emotional issue in the tissue? Self-evaluation, right here. That's number one. So, and that's yeah. right from Ayurveda. Wow. So... You know, it's it's all related. And that ties to that, you know, that hard wire that we start our life as children wanting to be loved and approved of by our parents. And we never quite get that. So we create a personality to get attention, to get loved and cared for by others. And we begin to project that on the screen as young children and eventually adults. And we keep projecting on the screen whatever we think they're going to like. Mm -hmm. And we keep living our life based on what other people think or what we think other people are going to like. And again, just like you said, self-evaluation. We're constantly basing our whole program, projecting what we think on this, what people will like on the screen, as opposed to taking the unconscious behaviors that we created in the first six years of life that, not, that, that, that uh, deem and, and, and create 95% of the things we think and say and do as adults 
those unconscious behaviors from the first early years are still being projected on the screen. And I call it becoming conscious again. And that's exactly what you're saying. To cure your sinuses and probably everything else, yep. we have to <clears throat> become conscious. And so I just think it's so, you know, we just can't, you know, we can't not look down the barrel of what this crazy mind is doing to us mentally and emotionally. Well, it, it all can be summed up by the basic foundational belief of the specialty of holistic medicine. It's based on the belief that unconditional love is life's most powerful healer. Wow. And its corollary, the perceived loss of love, is our greatest health risk. So, very simply, love heals, and the loss of love makes us sick and causes pain. And perceived is the key word here. And what this sinus survival program is all about is learning to love your nose as you heal your life. And, and that's, you know, any dysfunctional organ, you know, you give me whether, an example whether of what it's, that would look like, I mean, how are we doing that? Well, Tink tissues or what are we, how are we doing? That? How are we, how are you loving your nose? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. that's what the program is all about. Tell us. So, about. so I start with modifying indoor air. So as polluted and dry as outdoor air is, just imagine what your bedroom is like midwinter when it's really cold outside, the windows are closed, and you've got the furnace on, and you may not have ever had your air ducts cleaned, or you haven't changed the furnace filter for God knows how long, and your, your bedroom is like a cesspool of air. Wow. Uh, so I start with cleaning up indoor air, especially the bedroom. So I recommend air duct cleaning, uh, good furnace filters. Um, 3M makes a great furnace filter, uh, filtrate. It's a pleated filter like an accordion. And um, I use negative ion generators. Um, it's a little device. Um, that sits right by uh, on the nightstand, right by your bed, and the negative ions go out into the air, and three trillion ions per second, and wow. they attract all the positively charged particles, which is almost everything in the air, whether it's dust, animal dander, pollen, viruses, bacteria, all have a positive charge. So they connect and form a heavier particle, which then drops out of the air onto the tabletop or the floor, but it takes it out of your breathing space. Wow. So what we're talking about, I mean, if you have to look at, this is a very challenging part of the body to heal because we know a basic principle of natural healing is that the body is a self-healing organism. The body does heal itself, but 
in many cases, you have to give it a chance. You have to help it right. to heal. Take the stress out. I mean, if you break your leg and yeah. you, you get your, your leg put in a long leg cast and you walk around with crutches for six weeks and you go back to the orthopedist and he takes an x-ray, oh, John, your, your leg is completely healed. You know, we're getting rid of the cast. You're good to go. Well, what you did for six weeks, you put the, the, your leg totally at rest. You didn't use it at all for six weeks. You've got a nose and sinuses that are working 24-7. We breathe, on average, 20,000 times a day. Well, you can't ever put this at rest. So the basic challenge, the biggest challenge, is you have to be able to heal this while it's working, and it's working a lot. So, so we have to change the air, and and you mean like those um, the hypoallergenic mattress covers and pillow covers, those <clears throat> things as well. Or, or? Well, I I do that if people have allergies. allergies. Yeah, okay. And about half of yeah. the sinus sufferers, people with chronic sinusitis, they do have uh, allergies. So, um, and during the winter months especially, I recommend using a warm mist humidifier in the bedroom because with that hot air blowing out of the ducts, yeah. it's really dry. And, and why warm mist versus cool mist or... Well, the yeah. warm mist is closer to the 98.6 degree temperature of the body, so it's more physiologic. Isn't that warm air in those a little bit more vulnerable to breeding bacteria, though? Well, you have to keep it clean. Yeah. You know, you have to you uh, clean it like once a week with uh, vinegar, uh, distilled vinegar. Okay. Um, so that's... That's what I do, and you know, I like um, carpets are not great. So if you have carpets, you, you have to really clean them with environmentally friendly uh, cleaning agents um, because you can get, you know, uh, all kinds of stuff in the, in the carpets. Yeah. Um, dust mites and uh, a lot of... Um, I know in India, when, when I went to India and, and studied there, and they were appalled at the concept of wall-to-wall -wall carpet. They were just, they just couldn't wrap their heads around it. They go, how do you, how could you ever really clean that? So they've got rugs in their house, they take them, they beat them, and they, yeah. you know, but there's just no way to do that with wall-to-wall -wall carpet. That's, they are probably just one of the most polluted parts of our house, right? Mm -hmm. And you really, I don't know if you can vacuum it out, you know, efficiently. Well, there are, there are some vacuum cleaners that are HEPA, yeah. H-E-P-A, uh, the High Efficiency Particulate Arrester, they're called. Yeah. And um, they have those filters, too, the air cleaners. But interestingly enough, those HEPA air cleaners remove the negative ions from the air. Oh. So if you have a you know one of these ion generators, it it's not it's not going to work if you have a HEPA air cleaner. So I recommend just the uh, and th these are silent, you know. So you know if you have any so trouble you, sleeping. So you like the, the the negative ion generator, 
but you don't like air filters or air cleaners because they will. <coughs> are there are there ones that you actually do like, just the non-HEPA ones? Or? Well, I, no, I I just use I use the ion generator as an air cleaner. Okay, that's my air that's cleaner. You do it. Okay, and awesome. and they use them in yeah. clean rooms and operating suites and really? in the hospital. Um, they're very efficient. Oh, that's awesome. Too. Very good air cleaners. Yeah. Um, and you have so you have this really cool one on your website. I saw this really. Um, you, you sell them, right? You have them on your website. On uh, it's not my website. Okay. Um, SinusSurvival.com. Okay. Yeah. Is belongs to um, a Village Green Apothecary in okay. Bethesda, Maryland, okay. and they sell all these products. Yeah, they're very very high tech looking little devices. Very cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I mean, all these products that I'm mentioning um, can be purchased at SinusSurvival.com. And um, so, uh, moving on with loving your nose. Yes, please. Um, nasal hygiene, practicing good nasal hygiene is the next step. And now, 30 years after I've cured the sinusitis, I will show you my... Uh, I practice preventive medicine. All right. So, nice. I have a saline uh, herbal nasal spray that I use on a daily basis uh, just preventively because it's so dry and polluted. So this has aloe vera in it and it has a, um, uh, a berberus mm -hmm. um, to kill bacteria and uh, Isn't that dry viruses. Isn't that berberine a little bit on the dry side or no? Well, not with this. Not, with the not when it's combined. So you, um, it comes out as a mist, and you sniff in twice in each nostril, and then I um, and I do this, you know, maybe twice a day, three times a day, uh, but for people who are dealing with active sinus problems, mm -hmm. I recommend it every two or three hours, and then I follow that immediately with a um, peppermint oil. And I, by the way, I've used the Supernasia oil. Okay. Um, I like it a lot. Um, you rub it on your fingers and then swab it around the outside, not inside, outside the nostrils. And what the peppermint oil does is it stimulates more blood flow to the mucous membrane. And more blood flow means more oxygen and greater absorption of the anti-inflammatory herbs that you just sprayed in. So it's very healing. The other major challenge, you know, I said you're breathing 20,000 times a day and you're trying to heal this membrane that you're, that's always in use. The other major challenge is accessibility. It's not that easy to get up in there into your... Very difficult. Can so, I smell that one, the second one? The, this, is that an essential oil blend? It's um, jojoba and peppermint. Okay, that's all it is. Yeah. Now, what do you think? What do you think about the, the nasal oils going in and putting the oil into your sinuses? What's your well, I um, the super nasal oil that um, is an Ayurvedic oil yeah. um, has been the one we carry. Yeah. And I have. It, it's it's not as convenient because it comes with a dropper, dropper right. 
and I happen to have a body bridge at my house. So I can lie back on this body bridge and I put the drops in and then at the same time I massage the acupressure point for the sinuses right here and it's quite a good treatment. But for most people who don't have a body bridge at home, I tell them, you know, well, lie on your bed and go back, you know, over the edge of your bed so you can get it back. So that's what I'm talking about, this lack of accessibility. So that's why I recommend using a steam inhaler. Now, there's no state-of-the-art steamer. There, almost every pharmacy sells a steam inhaler. Um, none of them are great, but they're, they work. They do the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and to the steam, and I, I recommend using that steamer, it, it, they come with um, a hood, a little plexiglass, plastic hood, and you lean over and um, you just... Well, you can, or you can hold it in your hands and, and breathe and do it for 15, 20 minutes. And to the steam, I add three essential oils. I add eucalyptus, a highly medicinal eucalyptus oil that we import from Australia. It's, you know, there are 700, about 700 species of eucalyptus but only about 10 of them are considered medicinal. This is one of the most highly medicinal of all the eucalyptus. And um, there's a peppermint oil that's specifically made for steam therapy. It's a water-soluble oh, wow. uh, peppermint oil. This one, The other one that I just showed you is not um, water-soluble. And then there's a third tea tree oil. And the tea tree oil is very good if you have an active infection. So and you put it right into and the you steam. put it into the steam and I every five to ten minutes I I do it again. It's good for kids too, right? Oh yeah. It's and, to and this medicinal eucalyptus oil, boy, it really hits you. You know, it's very strong. And of all the things that I recommend it's probably the most effective way to get into your sinuses with a strong anti-inflammatory. You can use that same eucalyptus oil for sore joints, oh. muscles. It's amazing. Burns. If you, I mean, my wife and I, if ever we, you know, burn our hand on a pot or something, spray it right away. It won't blister, wow. and the pain is gone. I mean, it's it's like uh, magic. It's wow. it's really quite effective, um, and um, uh, so the steamer and the steam loosens all this mucus right. as it's and it acts as a decongestant. There are actually studies on how effective. Steam is steam inhalation as a decongestant. So it opens you up, it thins the mucus, 
and then immediately following the steaming, you go in and flush it out with irrigation. So you do nasal irrigation, and there are a myriad of devices, of irrigation devices. Like a neti or something. Neti like pot is good, but the most efficient, and there are studies on this too, the only irrigating device that removes the biofilm, the thick coating of mucus that forms on the mucus membrane, is a <clears throat> pulsatile irrigating device. Now, if you've ever used a water pick device on your teeth, yeah. it's the same technology. And um, they've developed them, and it's called the sinu pulse. And sinus survival has them. Right. And it, it's amazing how efficient it is. Uh, With so, much less intensity than the oh, water than the water pick, yeah, I hope. right. But it was developed by uh, a, a man who worked at water pick. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, and he developed it for the nose and sinuses. So it's it's a very so right after you finish. You just have a different steaming. attachment on your water pick. Just you know, just swap out your water pick for your nose pick. Uh huh. Which, which well, there that. was one. Oh, was there? There was. Um, but um, this is actually a little bit better, uh, wow. this the Pulse device. Yeah, I saw it on your site. It looks very cool. And um, so the next part of the nasal hygiene is simply drinking good water and enough of it. What's good water? Good quality water. So it should be filtered. Not the bottled water. The bottled water is too controversial. You know, it's just, we're, we're just not sure about the quality of that water. And we're, t you know, we hear about the leaching uh, plastic yeah. in, into the water. And um, I use as a uh, formula a half an ounce per pound of body weight. So if you weigh 160 pounds, I'm recommending 80 ounces of water a day. So half and your body weight in ounces per day, basically. Pardon half, me? Half your body weight in ounces per day. Correct. Right. And that's on days when you don't exercise. Okay. With exercise, two-thirds of an ounce per that's pound of body. Water. And it's a lot of water. And you should be drinking most of that water between meals. Right. Not with food, right. because it interferes with optimum digestion. And um, I found a filter here in Boulder. It's sold. It's the, I mean, they sell it all over the country, but Akai, A-K-A-I. Um, and it's, it's a ionized, ionized water. And... It acts as an antioxidant. It detoxifies your body. And it's, um, it alkalinizes your body. So how much? Most inflammation is a result of your body being too acidic. So you need to try and alkalinize your body. And that's not an easy thing to do with diet alone. 
Um, I mean, the anti-inflammatory diet is also an alkalinizing diet. But I recommend to my patients that they, they monitor their pH, their body's pH, the level of acidity, with, you know, most pharmacies, health food stores have a pH paper test strip, right. and you can check your urine or saliva, um, and um, it changes color, and you, they give you a color code. So what do you like that to be? Like to be neutral, seven? Uh, well, it should be close to seven. Yeah. That's not easy for most people to do. It's true. Yeah, it's very difficult. So what about like the pure filters, the Brita filters, the kind of carbon filters take out there? It's better than nothing. Right. It's better than... You like this one, this alkali. And how <laughs> alkalized does the water become? What's the pH of that water when you're drinking? Oh, it, it really makes a difference. I, I'm, I'm very often close to seven. With the, the water with, seven? With that... With that your seven. What's the what's the alcohol? What's the what's the pH? Oh, the I haven't tested that okay. water. Because sometimes these are like the pHs are so the water is so highly alkaline that it's you know maybe too alkaline for people. That's can, an interesting point. Because people because the alkalinity triggers a cleansing reaction, and people drink you know water that's a pH of nine you know month after month after month, year after year after year, forcing the body to detox, detox, detox. And the body has rebuilding modes too. You know, like winters are rebuilding seasons, spring and summer mm -hmm. are cleansing seasons. You have more more acid foods in the winter. The brown foods are harvested in the winter. Greens are harvested in the spring and the fall. So I think people need to have make sure you're not over doing anything, you know. But definitely filtered ionized water that's a little more on the alkaline side. I think is a brilliant idea. I love the idea of that filter. But you know, get that test strip and test the water too, and see what the APH is, and don't. Don't go too extreme on anything, because that can be, I think, the problem down the road. But, I, but no, I, I love I, the idea of having a good filter that's actually sold nationwide. I didn't know yeah, that. It's yeah, it's High Tech International high -tech is the name of the company, and cool. it's called the Akai, A-K-A-I cool. filter. It's not cheap. All right. Um, yeah, of course not. not um, cheap, it's good. In fact, it... Um, it sells for $1,700, Whoa. but Whoa. if a doctor refers you, and you can use my name, you get a $300 discount. So, and, and it's a lifelong investment, but it's, it's like drinking medicine is really what it is. Wow. Um, and inflammation is a big problem. Yeah. It's not just the mucous membranes. So talk to me about... People have, you know, arthritis. Well, this is, is my point. This right, because you started out saying the first thing you did was you took ice cream out of your diet. A hard to digest protein, hard to digest fats that, that are really, that the original inflammation was in your intestinal tract. Right. In your digestive system. So talk to me about that connection. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you about that, but I'm going to give you what I've seen is one of the major, major causes of chronic sinusitis. And that is a candida overgrowth. Right. Yeast overgrowth occurs in, in the sinus sufferers because most, almost all of them who have been suffering with lots of sinus infections took antibiotics every time for every single infection. Yeah. And, yeah. and like myself, yeah. 
they're increasingly less effective in in getting rid of the infection. Right. Or they'll get they'll get rid of the infection, but they're far from normal. Right. And they have a new normal, which is still a lot of congestion and mucus and irritability and fatigue, and they get more frequent sinus infections. So I and and the problem here is that this candida overgrowth, even in 2016, is very, very difficult to get a definitive diagnosis. There are no consistently reliable lab tests that can make that definitive diagnosis. And, um, and for that reason, I no longer do the uh, lab tests because what if I have a patient who has every symptom of, chron of candida overgrowth and with their chronic sinusitis and their test is negative? Do I not treat them for the candida? So I don't even do the test anymore, but what I do is I use a questionnaire that was developed by Dr. William Crook, an MD in the mid-1980s, in his book, The Yeast Connection, which was a landmark sure. book. And this guy, this poor guy, was vilified by the medical community. They hated him. They thought he was a total quack. And he was right on. He was just a pioneer, way ahead of his time. And... They thought he was the worst. I mean, they wouldn't even use the word candida. I mean, and if you mention his name, I mean, yeah. in medical circles, I mean, I, I've had doctors tell me, you know, your book is really good. I like it. But that stuff about candida, yeah. that's just BS. I mean, they, they tell me right to my face, too. They, yeah. well, I remember you, had, you had a hard time getting me to speak at your conference because I was a chiropractor. You know, you had to sneak me in the back door. I remember, you uh -huh. remember that. Yeah. You know, so I know that the, that that the community can be extremely conservative. They're they're yeah. rigid, yeah. you know, and and you know, if you can't prove it with a lab test, well, then it just doesn't exist. Yeah, right. And right. and you know, and and here even today in 2016, most doctors don't think that this diagnosis even exists. And yet, in 1999. The Mayo Clinic did a landmark study. They published it in medical journals, and they said that they believe that the um, that chronic sinusitis is not a bacterial problem. It's an immunologic problem, immunologic dysfunction mediated by a fungus. Well. Candida is a fungus. Yeah. And <clears throat> they had 206 patients in their study, and they found fungal organisms in every one of them. And they never once mentioned in the study, or even speculated, because I spoke to the authors of the study, what effect all the antibiotics had on these same 206 patients because right. 
most likely they all took antibiotics. Right. And the proliferation is probably first and foremost in the gut, right? And that's right. And out of the gut into the sinuses. Well, you have candida is a normal inhabitant right. of both the respiratory tract and the GI tract. In, within reason. And, you know, the candida live in a perfect homeostatic balance with the probiotics, the right. good beneficial bacteria. Well, when you take these antibiotics, you kill off not only the bacteria causing the infection, but you kill the good bacteria. And these good bacteria, the probiotics, they eat. the, the It's their fuel, the candida. Well, you've destroyed the natural predator and the candida overgrow. Yeah. And when they overgrow, they release toxins. And it's those toxins that cause so much of the inflammation in your gut and in the sinuses. And that's a major, major contributor to chronic sinusitis. So the, th the next component of loving your nose right. is aggressively treating candida overgrowth. And I do that with diet primarily right. and antifungal supplements. And I use Alamed, which is 100% pure allicin, garlic, which is the active ingredient in garlic. Right. And um, this is, it's an amazing product. It's the, the best supplement that I've been using. And it's the studies out of England where this product is made uh, have demonstrated that it's a strong antifungal. It's an antibacterial. It kills MRSA. Wow. Uh, MRSA, mm -hmm. the uh, flesh-eating staph that no antibiotics seem to be able to kill. And it's antiviral. It kills the cold virus. And colds, as I mentioned earlier, are the typical trigger for sinus infections. So at the earliest sign of a cold, and most sinus sufferers don't get colds. They start out as a cold with a sore throat. That's how most colds begin, with a sore throat. But it immediately becomes a sinus infection. So I tell my patients... As soon as you feel a sore throat or sneezing, some people get sneezing as the first symptom of a cold, get on the Alamed and you can knock out a cold. I don't ever get colds anymore because, I mean, I get the virus, but I take the Alamed and at maximum dose is two capsules three times a day. And I just do it for two or three days. No cold, no sinus infection. And this has been for years now. Yeah. And But it's timing is very important. Yeah. And it's good to have these strong supplements. And there are other antifungals that I use in addition to Alamed. I use Candisol, uh, C-A-N-D-I-S-O-L. <clears throat> and Candisol is an enzyme that destroys the cell wall of the candida organisms. And I use um, grapefruit seed extract. 
I use uh, Candicide, uh, which is a sinus survival product. Um, it's a combination of multiple antifungals. I've got caprylic acid in there, oregano extract, just a lot of different antifungals. You ever wonder, worry about some of those antifungals like oregano oil <clears throat> and things are so harsh to the intestinal skin that they irritate the intestinal lining, cause reactive inflammation, and then possibly the proliferation of undesirable bacteria as well. You know, from the Ayurvedic perspective, we're always talking about healing and repairing and being kind and gentle to the intestinal skin and wall as opposed to clobbering it with more anti-everything. I, I hear you, and I understand exactly what you're saying, but the candida overgrowth problem is so depleting. Right. It's so destructive. Right. It's so inflammatory that the benefits of being aggressive period, for a short period out, of time, for a short period of time right. outweigh the um, liability. I, you of, know, over the years, you know, we've been treating candida for our whole career, pretty much. You know, for, for thirty years for me, at least. And you, you, you treat people with these anti-candida, <clears throat> anti-fungal agents, and then they get better, but then they, it comes right back. And that's the problem that I found with people is you, you treat them, they get better, they come back. And I started realizing there's got to be a better way to actually help, you know, support their immunity, their response to candida so they can bring mm -hmm. back the balance and fight it themselves. And so I started, you know, using Ayurvedic strategies that would, that would knock down the candida, even things like, like, like uh, Saccharomyces boulardii with mm -hmm. colonizing probiotics, things that are a little kinder, more kind and gentle, as opposed to just going in there and sort of nuking it with, instead of antibiotics. Or well, I, I use the it. probiotics too. I mean, yeah. probiotics are another component yeah. of the candida treatment, yeah. and I use a couple of them. And there's got to be people in, in, that are super, not they, you know, they've had candida for a while, and now they're chemically sensitive, environmentally sensitive. And can you use those antifungals on those people as yes. well? Yes. You can. You have success yes, you with that. That's really cool to know because a lot of people are so sensitive. You give them to anything and they react to it. Well, and that's because these people that are so allergic, so sensitive, right. um, have leaky gut. Right. And they had candida to such an extent, it was so severe that the candida ate their way through the, the lining of the bowel, and, and now you've got food particles that are being absorbed into the bloodstream. And the lymphatics, and, by the way. And the is, lymphatics. Yeah, which is the immunity. And the immune cells are, don't recognize them as food because right. they're large particles, right. and they react against them. Right. And so it, you need to heal the gut. Right. And with the leaky gut, you know, we've got a lot of good products now, you know, from Metagenics and Zymogen and yeah. these medical foods, Ultra Inflamex, and, yeah. Yeah. and I'm sure you must use why, some of that's these. That's why, like, and I, and I, like, what I practice is sort of had a, and we talked about an eat week, and, and Dr. Ifker did a beautiful endorsement for our, my book, Eat Week. And it's all about, you know, if you don't digest those hard to digest proteins or even the environmental pollutants or chemicals and break them down upstream in your digestion with proper bioflow, 
then they will go into the small intestine too big to actually enter into the bloodstream. And those large molecules, those large protein molecules, which are generally allergenic, will end up being collected into the lymphatic ducts where they block congest your immune response and cause the inflammation and cause the immune response. And I did tons of research in that book to prove this connection that Ayurveda says the lymph system is the, is the drainage system of the body, it's the carrier of the immune system and the delivery of the nutrition, and it's that broken down digestion that allows these proteins to rip the intestinal tract to shreds, cause that lymphatic congestion, and then you've got respiratory lymphs that can't drain, set you up for more of these brain lymphs that can't drain, set you up for more sinus problems. And so, so, so you know, my take has always been, let's go back and reboot digestion, repair, heal the intestinal skin. And for sure, I think your protocol is so brilliant, and I, and I want, you know, for people to use that step-by-step to step to knock down the candida, repair, support the intestinal, the respiratory mucosa, and then, clean out the air. Everything you said, love your nose, is so incredibly brilliant. And I think that on top of rebooting and getting a better digestive system and an intestinal filter that protects you from this crazy world you live in, mm-hmm. which it's supposed to do, but it doesn't very well for a lot of us because processed foods and you know, stress and so mm-hmm. many factors. I think those are the things that we that, that tie so beautifully together. And uh, and you use enzymes too to, well, to improve uh, digestion? I'm, you know... Enzymes come from the pancreas, and the pancreas duct in 90% of the people connects with the bile duct before it goes into the small intestine. So most of the lack of pancreatic enzymes comes from congested thick bile from processed foods. So if you can reboot bile flow, decongest the liver, decongest the bile ducts, you also decongest pancreatic enzymes. So instead of giving an enzyme, I say, let's get the tubes cleaned out, get the body to make its own enzymes, and I've got herbs that we use that have science that shows that they reboot the production of your own digestive enzymes, the production of your own acid, and the production of your own bile, versus just saying taking bile salts or taking HCL or taking digestive enzymes. So my goal with my patients is to get them on, get better, and get off stuff, reset function, and not just say, here's a digestive enzyme, because you know, you know, they don't get off of them very easily. We're just created another crutch, and, mm-hmm. and and I hate that part of, of 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 natural medicine. So I'm always trying to reboot function, and and so so. So I, you don't believe then that the, you know, these older you get, you know, they. I will they never say throw in the towel. On that 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 the production. your enzyme production is diminished as you get older. Because um, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about that. I, now that I'm almost 70, I... Yeah. And I turned 60 a month ago, and I am digesting better at 60 than I've ever digested before in my life. I feel like there's reasons why we say that the digestive enzymes, and you don't digest well as you get older. And those reasons aren't being fixed. We're just saying, yeah, you get old, you can't digest. I'm like, no way. I'm not throwing in the towel. People live to 90 and 100 years old. The centenarian people who do this well, why can't we? And when you look at what we've eaten, the processed foods, the breaking down of the digestive system, the congestion of the lymph, there's so many things we can do to reboot digestive function. I want to do that first. And if I can't get it to go, then sure, I'll use digestive enzymes. But most of my patients, I get to reboot digestion, get them on, get them better, and they get off the herbs, and they're done. And we don't have to continue to have them supplement again and again and again. So it's a pretty cool, and I, you know, we've been doing this a long time, you and me. Mm-hmm. So we've had, a, and in practice, we call it practice because it's it's trial and error. You, That's you, right. You know, <clears throat> you learn what works and it doesn't work. When patients are coming to you, yeah. you got to get them better. You can't just say, 
well, you know, try this product. I mean, you have to continue to upgrade your practice and to get people. My goal is always to to repair the function and not create a dependency on another pillar powder. And not to say that you're doing that. Your program is brilliant, and you have to mitigate the crazy toxic world that we well, live in. As the air we breathe is, is terrible. You have to address them all of the causes. Right. If right. you don't, if you don't get at, you know, if you don't really meet the causes, you're not going to cure anything. Right. You got to protect yourself from the 400 billion pounds of toxic chemicals dumped in the American environment every single year. That's right. 62 million of them are cancer causing. So what you're saying about cleaning the air, all your strategies with sinus survival, I think are brilliant. Please check out the website sinussurvival.com. That's right. Right. Uh, anything else you want to let people know how to get in touch with you? Yeah, I, well, I, I just wanted to throw in one last thing here. You know, we didn't really talk about, I mean, I mentioned the self-criticism, but there's an affirmation that I give to my patients. Please. And I think it, it's really helpful that when you hear that inner critic telling you how you screwed up and you made mistakes, uh, you should respond with the affirmation, I'm always doing the best I can. And, uh, and, and the corollary is, there are no mistakes, only lessons. And I really think that we need to learn to practice self-compassion and be kinder to ourselves, just like we're loving our nose and loving our gut. You know, this is about healing your life and, and loving yourself. So don't ever accept this dismal prognosis that you, ha you don't have to live with chronic sinusitis. Not true. So that's, once you that's, love yourself, you can then love others. That's right. right. That's From right. There. It has to start with you. From there it spreads. That's right. Incredible. Pleasure. So good to see you again. I can't wait to have you back when your new book comes out. We'll definitely oh. do that. Uh, thank you so much. You're welcome. Pleasure. Hi. Did you like this video? Do you like our content here at LifeSpa? You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash John DeYard right here and get this valuable content every week in your inbox. This recording is brought to you by LifeSpa where ancient Ayurvedic wisdom meets modern science. Get access to free health video newsletters by Dr. John at LifeSpa.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.